Okay, okay. So welcome back to a, a brand new episode of Who's Code Again. I'm your host, Alvin. I'm joined by Vishnu again. Uh, we tried being consistent, but uh, life unfortunately got in the way. I had a personal tragedy in, in my family, so that just kind of took up my week. Uh, but we're back and we're hoping to keep things moving along. I did not duck after the Arsenal United game. I must <laughs> put this out there <laughs> for those of you that have been pinging me on Instagram saying, where is, where's the podcast, bro? I know, I know, right? Like, <laughs> uh, but I, I believe Vishnu was at the game and he got... Yeah, it was a wild game. weekend of football. Wild, wild weekend. How was it really, like as an Arsenal fan? Because I have a very interesting story on as to how that game went for me. Uh, but like you, being nah, you go team, first and then I'll, I'll, because for me, it's like, yeah. Yeah. So for me, basically uh, what happened was, you know, one of those days where life just happens to get in the way the moment you put on television on, well, that just described the Arsenal United <laughs> game. I had to watch it again because I completely missed the first half because something came up and I had to like start going for going on errands. So I wasn't keeping track of the score. I mean, I was keeping track of the score, but I wasn't really watching the game, which funnily enough was the best part of the, at least the United part of the game. Uh, so by the time I got back, it was what, the 65th minute? I'd missed uh, all four goals at this point. And yeah, pretty much. I had just about like gotten into uh, the part of the game where United basically began seeding control and just backtracking into their own box. And... The only goal I got to see live uh, was the Enketia goal in the 91st minute. And I was like, oh, well, there goes my week. And uh, I, I could almost, and my neighbor is an Arsenal fan. You could hear him celebrating. So it was, uh, it, it was, it was a bit of a funny experience. <laughs> oh, it was, it was a long, long weekend. Like I, I was looking forward to that game, like maybe like, two weeks going into it. I was like, come on, like this is, this is huge. And especially after like the Derby win, like the United game was just, you know, you could feel like you could feel it in the air when you, like when you're going to the game. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, apart from like the atmosphere around the ground and stuff, they're like, I, I don't, it, this doesn't happen every game, but like this game in particular, they had like a band going on around the Emirates mm -hmm. and the atmosphere was just building up. Like you could sense it in the air. But then, like, in terms of the game, <laughs> like, you know, it, it was, like, insane. Like, it, it takes two to tango, and uh -huh. it was a perfect game in that sense. Like, it was a high-quality, I would say, 60-odd minutes of high-quality football. And then the last 20 minutes was just, I, I think, the what we touched upon uh, in the last part was the fixtures pile up for United. And I think that just, it just showed... I think, like, even if Casemiro had played, it wouldn't have made a big difference because I think Arsenal just, they, they just bossed it. They For absolutely sure. bossed it. And, and, like, uh, it, it, there's no way, like, in that kind of a game, Casemiro would have made that big of a difference. Like, it was a good, like, high-quality game to watch. And, like, when I was watching the game, like, I didn't even realize the 90th minute. Like, I stopped looking at the clock post the 70th minute. Like, I was uh -huh. just, just watching the game and it was just... It, it it's one of those days it goes for you. Yeah, I mean, like it reminds me of that uh, game on rescored that winner against United the header. The yeah, the, the two thousand six to the him yeah. and Adebayor had that celebration by the touchline, right? Yeah, near the corner they do that little Con dance. Yeah, little dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember. I know what game you're talking about. Uh, 
Yeah, it's insane atmosphere. Like it was like start to finish. Like and what what happened again after the game was there was like delays on certain uh, underground lines. So uh-huh. one of the reasons because of that, I think the crowd also stayed back after the game mm-hmm. for much longer than they would they would usually do. So like it like people are really on it. Like even after the game, like it was insane. I feel like that was the game. You know that moment where you're like, okay, we're we're firmly in the driver's seat for a title race that happens in the midst of a season. The aftermath of that goal and just generally the aftermath of uh, how things went at full time definitely had that feeling around it. Um, speaking of, you know, what happened from the 70th minute onwards, I don't even see what Casimiro could have done at that point was probably draw foul, slow down the game, uh, make it a little more stop-starty. But a lot of... The, the blame for that game falls on the shoulders of Ten Hag because he didn't make the right subs. Uh, and this is something he's known to, uh, is, is a notable flaw in his, in his planning. There was no outlet balls. And just towards the end, what was happening, it was either going up only to Rashford, who was the sole um, point of, um, um, of, of play up, up the pitch. And it just kept coming back. And uh, I think on the left-hand side, was it the, the left-hand side, it was when Zinchenko tucked in. And if you've noticed, like, I think he's usually out, out wide. And the moment Anthony goes off and they bring in Fred as, as a, another body in midfield, Zinchenko just tucks in and just takes control of the game. If they brought Garnacho yeah, but, on earlier on. Yeah, even before that, like, hmm. Zinchenko's defensive work is so, like, underrated. Like, he won again, like, just like at Tottenham, like, the aerial duels, he just hmm. bossed it. Like, he bossed it offensively, defensively. And, like, he... Basically, the the winner came from that side again. Came yeah, from the left hand side. He was he was driving it like even till the like whenever the game went on, he was like, "This is not over till it's over." Like, yeah, he took complete control. And I think there's a uh, we, did we mention this on a previous part about when he walked into the club and said, "Guys, we can win the league." And somebody laughed at him, uh, and he's like, "No, that's the mentality that that he that I have and that I'd like, want to bring to the team." So you can see. Th- you, like the one of the the really um, iconics or so-called iconic images of that of that game is Zinchenko celebrating the Enketia goal and his that sheer sense of uh, of jubilation at full time uh, is, was plastered all across social media for for days. I, I could not escape it, uh, and you could tell what it meant for him. The, he plays the I think he plays the cross in that in that Fred tries to yeah. slide tackle his way in. in and ends up at Nketiah's feet. Um, so, like I said, he was there was there was, a, there was a Ten Hag mistake that should have been corrected a little earlier, but it was a little too little too late for for things to change. And we got options now. We got options with some new recruitments. So the bench is looking stronger for us. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Yes. I think. Yes, because I, I'm a big fan of the Trossard signing. I think the Trossard signing is um, is very interesting. I don't understand the Jorginho signing as much. I guess it's it's cover because El Neni's injured at, at the moment. Um, El Neni's injured. Lukonga's out on loan. Even Marquinhos yeah. has gone out on loan, and Jesus is back training, so he should be back in a couple of weeks. Hmm. But I think the difference for me, I think Jorginho is a perfect signing in the sense that if you look at the n- length of the contract, he's got one and a half years, 10 million plus add-ons or whatever, that's a steal. Yeah. And 
like he he was like nominated for like Ballon d'Or a year and a half ago like he mm-hmm. won whatever there is to win Euros Champions League he's won everything and what i like about this is the length of the contract because that mm-hmm. makes a huge difference compared to like Willian and Czech and all these other guys who come in for that David Luiz he's got like <laughs> big contracts on big money mm-hmm. like i think that's the big difference between you could you could draw between him and what's happened in the past and i think we need that experience going into now like second half and maybe the stretch because he's he's good like if he's if he's on it he's really good there's i've seen mean, that like yeah i have yeah so it, it gives you a new dimension when it comes to controlling games because arsenal for the most part have been very direct and i don't think you have a like for like replacement in georginio when it comes to the party or 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 shaka he's very much a, a holding midfielder who's able to dictate plays find the passes that you otherwise would not uh, get with the, with the current crop of um, of midfielders that you have at your disposal but his his weaknesses primarily uh, lie in being caught in transition he's not very good defensively uh i assume these are like he comes in really handy when as we get to the latter half of the season and your teams are really digging in and setting up low blocks jorginho really helps uh, break the lines there uh and might come in handy exciting. against sean dyche on the weekend <laughs> oh yeah that is i have i'm very intrigued by by sean dyche's everton i wonder what uh, what everton that's going to be like he apparently he made them run um uh, run the bleep test halfway through the week at some point everton's a circus i i really it's like it's like a wonderful circus that i'm enjoying they oh, they went after him and bielsa which are as diametrically opposite a set of managers as you could possibly find and bielsa would then want to take the under 22 21 to 22 job instead of taking the big <laughs> job just like hilarious these guys on different to... like spectrum altogether yeah if you appoint an interment manager i i don't particularly care but this is what i want to do <laughs> there's a there's That's a really insane. nice uh, cartoon strip by david squires on it in this week's guardian if you haven't checked it out you should definitely go see it it's, it's really really good um but Yeah, what are you expecting from the Everton game? Like how's that how's that going to play out? I think it's at away at Goodison where Arsenal don't particularly have a good record. <laughs> yeah, but I'm fairly confident. I mean, particularly this season Arsenal's away record, I think I mentioned last time is just mm. too good this season. Too good we concede less, score more. In fact, uh, we've conceded less goals away from home than at home. Like home is the problem, six is it? 6 or 7, yeah. I mean it's not a problem we're just conceding too many I mean we've got a got a jail every time we concede but it's just mm-hmm. far too many it's goal it's a goal a game little over a goal a game at okay. home mm-hmm. so but that's fine but I think away from home like Brighton I think Brighton was a, is a much tougher test than going away to Goodison like I think we should be we should be fine yeah I think we should be fine literally like a, there might be a few bruises to take back courtesy of Sean Dash but um I think for the most part it, it should be a fairly um, straightforward win for win for the Arsenal. And who's the defender that you signed apparently he's also broken some um yeah some he's broken like records. short sprint records, lunge and a couple of uh, one or two more Kivio. So he, mm. he used to, he's come from Spezia. Mm. And what's the other connection between Spezia? Yeah, the other connection is I forget the goalkeeper's name but 
when Jorginho basically moved to Italy. I forget this goalkeeper's name, but basically the goalkeeper at Spezia who played with Kivio mm-hmm. uh, was Jorginho's mentor. And he okay. also has come out and said like glowing things about this guy. And he's like, play multiple positions in the back. He's, now we know he's like on it. Mm-hmm. So, is he a, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, like if you look at the squad now, it's like we've got 22, 23 players, still a tight squad, but it's got backup in every position. Every position we got a backup. Yeah, which is excellent. I know there was, yeah. there's been a lot of uh, talk around Edu and, and the Kaiseido situation, but when a club doesn't want to sell, it's not really your fault, right? Um, I, I'm I'm fine with that transfer not going through. To be honest, I don't know why people are like jumping up and about about that thing not going through. Like it's just I mean, too much money for the guy who's not even played thirty Premier League games. He's not he even played the whole season. He was available for three million at, uh, at at the start of last season, and he was offered to United, and they said no. Yeah, Brighton got him for four million, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was really funny because there was literally like they had agreed personal terms, and then United were like, "Why?" And now he's going for sixty-five, seventy million. Uh, and once again, the club have egg on their face. Speaking of transfers, I, how can we not address? You might the, get Mason Greenwood back. I am very, very <laughs> conflicted about this this transfer. It's like it has made me feel very icky. I wanted to address it a little later on in the Man United part of it, but I guess now is as good as a time as any. When the news broke today, I was like, oh, goodness, we're about to engage in this United civil war that's about to unfold. Because there's a certain section of the fan base that has been really on um, proving that he's innocent and this, and you know, and, and that he deserves a second chance. And then there's the other part of the fan base that is very vocally anti-Mason Greenwood. For me, like there's a little bit of history about the situation. The day I found out was actually the day I kind of checked out of the season last year. Um, a lot of people said the football was drab, this, that, and this. But this particular moment is one where I can safely say the results stopped affecting me as much because generally my whole worldview of the footballing world uh, changed. Because you, because what, what you, what do you ultimately do? You, you hold these these individuals, you people you never met, and you see, let's say, on a weekly basis, about three to four times, uh, up on a pedestal, and then you kind of really push aside a lot of their their faults and that rightfully need to be addressed. Similarly, like if you look at even the Arsenal situation, right? Like there's there's a particular part of me that doesn't really sit well with what's happening with with party and everything that's that's going on there and i don't want the same a, yeah, situation to be so, uh, so so gary neville basically has got hammered on twitter the last couple of hours today yeah we ultimately fully he, deserves it the fucking idiot he he liked this so the the uh nazir Afsal, who's basically the former director of public prosecutions right mm-hmm. he uh said he put out this statement saying uh, you know it's following the procedural matters and so on and so forth. So he released this whole statement saying that he's innocent, innocent. and proven guilty. The case has been dropped and all that and blah, blah, blah. And Gary never just liked it. And mm-hmm. but the problem now is that this is in the public opinion mm-hmm. court. It's not, it's, yeah, court it's not court. in the criminal procedure anymore. Yeah. Like even though he can come back do whatever, like as long as that opinion doesn't change in the public, nothing's going to change. 
Uh, I think it's, United also yeah. released a statement saying um, they're conducting their internal investigation after the charges were dropped and they'll make a decision accordingly. Here's what I see will play out. The thing is, United will un- will undergo their investigation. He will not play this season, but he has, what, two plus one um, years left on his contract. You You would not be surprised to see him next season. That's 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 what I'll say. Is it the right thing to do? I personally don't think it is. Is it what I feel will happen given what happens to these situations in sporting scenarios? Yes. He, at the end of the day for the club, um, is a hundred million pound asset uh, and they will ultimately figure a way to, to make sure that uh, this, is, this is all in the past when, when the season kicks but in. But it's a 10 though, like even Mendy has got his charges have been dropped. Greenwood is out. So, mm-hmm. like, it's 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 essentially just a common trend currently going on in the UK. Not even in the UK. In the this US, happens was, often, like, all the time now. In the NFL, there was a dude, I, I forget his name, uh, who, had an, who kept um, going after masseuses. There were 26 cases stacked against him and he beat them all and now he's playing. I think he plays for the Raiders, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so this this is quite commonplace and obviously it's very disheartening to a lot of women who are victims of sexual violence um, and how much of fear these kind of situations instill in them. But it must not be a pleasant feeling uh, given what's happened today. Yeah, more on that as the story develops. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, speaking of, of transfers, I, I think we have to talk about the uh, um, the weird situation unfolding at, at Chelsea. That's what, 600 million spent this window? I mean, technically it's 100 million because of the amortization techniques they've put into place. A crazy, crazy window from Todd Bowley and, uh, and Co. It's insane. <laughs> and... I don't know what's going to happen. No one knows what's going to happen. But these, like, uh, just think about it. Like, they got Lukaku for a similar fee, close to 100 million. 100 million, yeah. Yeah, how many games did he play for them? Not even 20 games, and he was sent out on loan again. So they haven't learned from their mistakes, have they? Clearly not. <sighs> these, these guys are unproven guys. Like, it's it's insane. Like he's he's basically it's, gone on yeah. football manager looked at the number of wonder kids that are out there in the market and <laughs> gone and signed up signed them all and they're all really good like talents right uh, Malo Gusto is definitely one of the top five up and coming right backs in in Europe and he's not going to get playing time if Reese James is playing right back throughout if Reece James is even fit but I think a lot of their transfers would would meant. Uh, to take targets away from other clubs, like the Mudrick thing. I don't think they needed Mudrick, but they went and spunked that money on him anyway. Joao Felix, a lot of other clubs were in for him, does not fit their playing style, but is somehow there. Um, Enzo Fernandez, I see as a long-term replacement for, um, for Kante because his legs seem to have gone. That one makes sense, but $120 million for a player that cost $10 million in, in the summer of last year, is still 
amazing benfica are, are pulling <laughs> rabbits out of hats at an at an alarming rate when it comes to these deals who else did they sign they signed what eight new players they signed they signed a whole new squad at this point yeah essentially nine players or something like that kind of crazy so they have to have to make top four this year this season then with with that kind of investment they won't it's it's quite like obvious that they don't have they say they have a long term strategy but the strategy also has to involve like outgoings and how they manage this squad like the funniest story of the transfer window was like the zh fiasco where they sent unsigned documents twice like what kind of a club does that like it was it's, <laughs> it's spending 600 million in 6 months 100 million a month and you can't like do basic things like send signed documents like rookie mistake psc of furious Uh, they they appealed the decision i think yesterday to the lfp and uh, it was rejected obviously zek is is massively annoyed i mean i would be too if i were if i could have uh, you know if i missed out on the chance of living in paris and basically supplying the likes of mbappe neymar and messi with with crosses for the remainder of the season in a league that just won't press me it's it is what it is it's it's, it's a terrible situation for hakim zek who i think deserved a move after the world cup he had that unahi kid has moved to marseille score on debut so um a lot of um, that moroccan team is doing well hakimi is there as well as an international teammate so it's it sucks for uh, for zek but it's it's the world we live in and anyway champions league what they're saying now is they can only register 3 out of their whoever they've signed so mm. they can't even register their signings which is like that that's what i'm saying like this this is just like playing on a video game or something it's they don't know what they're doing it it really okay. is I, but yeah, it there's there's a 50 50 chance of it working and it not working so it's a gamble it's a gamble and a half and if it pays off it pays off handsomely for them because they essentially revitalize their squad into windows for the next 10 years um but if it doesn't then then it's it's going to be a problematic situation because they're all on eight and a half year contracts and no club worth their salt is going anywhere near any of those signings if they don't work out but that being said you you, you should expect a fire sale in the summer i think the likes of um of sterling i think sterling is not going to be there beyond the season i don't think um who's that conte's contract is being renewed your likes of loftus cheek conor gallagher all of them will be uh, shown the door very very quickly definitely expect a lot more outgoings in the summer than incomings is what i would say it's fine those typical chelsea they can't claim to like have an hail and like arsenal or like carrington as united the only like time they actually Liverpool, did like they, they just don't like they don't have that touch of class and that you know that humility and the thing it's you can't expect that from them you know the really funny thing is that they they've had the best youth team in the country for years the cogum graduates were meant to be the best of the best in, amongst the youth level like they won the youth cup a record number of times in a row the class of ruben loftus cheek um chaloba i think and and who was the other guy i forget um hutchinson i think so uh, there was a crop of players really coming through that would have done bits but never never given the chance because they were all just loaned out to clubs and uh, and just stayed stayed there until uh, the transfer ban happened 
which is when Tammy Abraham came in and Mason Mount came in and Reese James was integrated into the squad. I think Reese James would have been successful irrespective of of the band. But the others uh, who, who came in and showcased their class would not have had the opportunity if that band hadn't come into place. So Yeah, for sure. They, their hand was forced in a sense. And it could be hopefully in another few years. It could be. This could can't be. go on. This, this can't go a, on. This sets a very, very bad precedent, man. This is a very bad precedent. Arsenal will probably just get Balogun back from, uh, you know, the legal. And then yeah. he'll be pulling strings hopefully again in a couple of years. That's the difference. Like Arsenal are like, you know, different trajectory compared to these guys. I think like Arsenal... It's not even a debate at the moment. Like, who would you rather go to? Chelsea or like the other big clubs? Like, why would you go to Chelsea? Like, I mean, clearly they have they, they have something going for them, given the fact they've bought nine players, and I don't think they're on exorbitant amounts of cash either. They're not like on three hundred k's, four hundred k's. So, like they've built a squad there. I just don't think the manager is the one that sees them through. It's not. I just hope it goes south sooner rather than later, and yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say too much bro. about Chelsea. It just boils my blood. Like these guys just. <laughs> but the Chelsea hate is strong in this one. Okay, but let's let's move past Chelsea. I don't really know what uh, what's happening with that club. Who did they play this weekend? Uh, Fulham, right again. Yeah. Yeah. No big games as such, uh, apart from Tottenham, Man City, really on Sunday. Tottenham City is um, is going to be a fun game. I think this is the probably the first time they might play um, <laughs> some attacking football given that Conte won't be there. Who knows? Stellani is, um, is is going to be in charge. Conte is recovering from a gallbladder surgery, I, I believe. So he's not going to be here. I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind Tottenham getting a draw. They're playing at home. <laughs> You'd be, it, it would be the most Tottenham it, thing to go it, to, to, to win it, that It would game. be good for them to get a result. <laughs> I mean, it's, given what's happening in Man City, you wouldn't put it past them. The, the Kinsella news came out of the blue and to me was absolutely insane because Joao Cancelo is one of the key figures in that, in that City team, right? He's been so good at left-back all these seasons, although kind of falls off towards the end of each season, but he was a mainstay of that team. Apparently, he and Pep had some sort of a massive falling out. He might have thrown a ball at him, uh, was confronted by Foden and Ruben Diaz. And it's been it's been boiling over for some time. He came back from the World Cup very annoyed. It continued. And then, bam, first opportunity of a loan. Pep sends him out to Bayern. Yeah, but that's what Pep does. You've seen this in the past. Like He's done it at Barcelona. He's done it to an extent at Bayern, not that much. But yeah, he does that. And I, I feel that's why the, he's where he is like. This might happen with Haaland in two seasons. Because right now it's like... <laughs> you got that Zlatan feeling. <laughs> I really do, man. Like I've, you, this, this, you, you don't put a saddle on a Mustang. And that's basically what I feel happens with Haaland in that system. He yeah, but the difference now at City compared to like his other clubs are like he doesn't have like superstars like all across. Like that Barcelona team had personalities, Bayern Munich, like big personalities. Here he's built a squad. No mm-hmm. not much personality, personality on the pitch, but no big egos and like like that's I think that's a subtle difference like he's created after Barcelona because he, I think he's seen what's happened and yeah. Yeah, I think that um 
the Barca politics, the, um, the, the Messi-Zlatan situation, because I think Messi had a problem when Zlatan became the main man. Uh, so trying to, to pacify a lot of egos is, is clearly not like Pep's uh, forte. He's yeah. built a system that, um, that covers your, your weaknesses and enunciates your, um, your strengths. So that's it. That's what he does. Like if you've noticed a lot of his players, you pull them out of the system, they look very average at best. Um, and now I think Rico Lewis is more or less put his stamp on at right back because Kyle Walker's not playing either. Uh, and the, the lack of wingers is really hurting Pep this season. The, the straightforward direct wingers that he had at Sterling and Sane. I would let see Star Sane uh, working really well at, at Arsenal. I'm surprised they didn't go for him. They were linked to him to a certain extent, I think, in the summer. But mm. I don't know. I, I think I think we we're not, you know, going doing the usual things like the other clubs are doing. Like I think there's we're trying to do things a little differently, and it's working out till now mm. because we're playing well at the same time. But let's see. A long way to go in the season. I said, long, long way to go. Yeah, it's going to be. Um... A fun run to the end of the season. I think this month the, the fixtures escalate for most clubs, right? Uh, United are in uh, are in a final, but they play seven games before that final. And I think Newcastle, their their opponents play four, so it's it's going to be um, a bit of a difficult run. And and they got the Europa League packed in that. Oh yeah, of course, the Bayern those seven games, double yeah. double header. The I believe the the Camp Nou game is. Three, three days before the cup final. So it's, it's going to be fun. But you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to credit United for one thing uh, that they did really well that really impressed me this weekend or all this week. Christian Eriksen gets, gets injured by a horror foul thanks to Andy Carroll. No bookings, no sending offs for, for any of that. But that leave that for another day. And then I think they, uh, they announced that he's out till mid-April, which is basically almost the entire season. And within four hours, they managed to land Marcel Sabitzer, who, okay, you kind of lose a bit of the attacking edge to, of Christian Eriksen. Uh, he's not as good going forward, but he's a pressing machine and he's very good defensively, which was a big problem with Christian Eriksen. The Saka goal, which I kind of want to talk about in, in the United-Arsenal game, Saka was dancing around Ericsson for the second half and Ericsson couldn't get near him. I don't think that happened. I'm sure like, couldn't get near him. Like, yeah, no, Shaw no one. Horrible, yeah, no one could. Um, Shaw had a horrible time. He kept showing him in and I was like, you idiot. I play football sparingly and I can tell you that you need that, that's that's a mistake. You're just going to let him in and you're going to keep taking shots. You had one shot. <laughs> that, that's that the kept. thing, right? But that's the thing that is so frustrating if you're playing against Saka is like if you're if you're watching it like live, you notice like how even though he wants to stop him, he can't. Yeah. Because he did it again a couple of minutes later and he hit the post. And hit he was post, just yeah. on string. Like he like the thing about Saka is like you think you can do something about it, but he just breezes past you. He's got that 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 quality where you it, it's like you can't explain it. He's not quick per se, he's not like He's trickery, nothing. He's just like 
he's got that he just flashes past you without you realizing he's he's quick he's quick footed he's, he's like he has that ability yeah. to be, to beat a man he's very good and on it's more like how he times the runs and uses his body shape and you know that kind of stuff he's not like quick quick but he's just like smart he's a smart player i thought aki played him really well in the <coughs> in the fa cup game which i think arsenal were very good in the first half before city just do city things in the second half and yeah but i would say it's a team game at the end of the day right the balance of the team was different on the day compared to united and made six changes and it affects like it affects what a player a certain player is trying to do on the day and stuff so i would really read too much of that. that looking forward to that emirates game on feb 15th yeah let's see how aki handles the library compared to our our stadium it's, uh, it's, it's a different the, atmosphere <laughs> they call the emirates it's, the it's library loud. for so long it's loud it is loud uh, it's <laughs> it's good i am I wonder what is Aki now a left back is that is that the starting left back because he seems to be shuttling between in, in that back three for some time great finish though uh, I that, that was that was a real striker's finish like a gentle touch into the bottom corner yeah but I told you in the last spot I think I I know these guys are going to go out it's fine and the mm-hmm. six changes just basically said yeah we're just going to focus on one competition and yeah just go for that we was really yeah. going for it you would have done what Pep did and you know played everyone but can't afford to do that yeah you have the league in your hands you must at this point you must <laughs> go for it europa i, I doubt um, i mean it's fine but I, i don't think you'll have too many complaints if you throw that away have we addressed the liverpool situation i don't think we have that's another circus act in full flow they lost out to a wonderful mitoma goal on the on the weekend mitoma made joe gomez dance uh put him on on the post actually very so. similar to that uh, goal welbeck scored against liverpool a couple of weeks yeah. ago and to joe gomez oh. again right <laughs> yeah <laughs> poor joe gomez has not had a good time uh, on the south side even that clop like he just needs to learn to focus on the football this guy just starting to chat so much nonsense lately like he used to do that earlier as well but he just all excuses now I've never heard anyone's team's assistant coach be mentioned as much as Liverpool's assistant coach is mentioned. Like Pep Linders is somehow um, that guy that is at fault for all of Liverpool's misgivings. It's like, oh, Pep Linders has too much influence on this team. He picks the team. He's undermining Klopp. The owners aren't backing them. I mean, you spent 14 billion on Cody Gakpo. I'm not quite sure you needed Cody Gakpo. <laughs> He doesn't suit the system. and when luis diaz comes in i don't think gakpo is starting for them anyway so it's a strange signing that given the midfield is is crying out for reinforcements they they're going for bellingham or broke and i don't know if that's going to end up working out for them i just it's just all like the last couple of weeks is like oh what if the other teams had the number of injuries i have and no who does that like you've been managing top level now for quite some time it's like naive <laughs> focus on what you got and move on Uh, he has made them a little more uh, difficult to beat that something um, we i've noticed that chelsea game even though chelsea should have kind of been in front liverpool have been resilient even the brighton game they were good for most parts and then brighton hit them with that one two sucker punch he has that going for him at the moment but i don't know if they have enough for um, sustaining a top four push or even a european push 
and this is what i'm going to say cuz i have some friends who listen to the podcast who gave me brick bats last year uh cuz i suggested that mm-hmm. liverpool uh, get rid of sala at this point and uh, now it's like crickets mm-hmm. i have not <laughs> i'm not hearing anything when i when i restate the uh, the <laughs> opinion because my goodness has the fall off been horrible it's, it's like we spoke about it last time as well right it's at the end of the day it's a team game like he mm. needs like the more balanced the side is the better the best players in that particular team are going to do right mm-hmm. like that's that's in a sense it all but like sala for example is forms dipped but at the same time the balance of the team is dipped at the same time and which makes it worse it makes it tougher for him in fact to like stand out or do what he used to do or get in those advanced positions more easily i think i mean it, he's dipped off but at the same time it's a dip off of the entire team so it's so, it's a bit of both in terms of his form not just even that you know if you look yeah. at like sala in the um, since he came back from the afcon last year and before that he was having a storming season right hat tricks at old trafford i think in crystal palace as well when they they thumped liverpool 7 the palace 7-0 he was flying there was that ridiculous score he scored against man city at anfield where he cuts in and completely bamboozles the defender and then and then yeah, that tight angle i think yeah which was, was ridiculous yeah. and then he they lost the afcon to senegal in the um, on penalties and he was never the same like you there, there was a significant drop off uh once he came back and that's continued on into the new season yeah pretty much but i think liverpool as we said last time like the transition is going to take longer than it, they probably expected to mm-hmm. this time around like it's much harder to do it like in the second cycle or the third cycle so much harder because i believe yeah other teams around are also going for similar players like it's not it's not just them in the market doing well like now other teams are doing well they're going to go think about oh who who is more likely to win something right mm-hmm. <clears throat> unlike chelsea who is like yeah it's you just show you the cash I'm not going to win anything soon you just show you the cash who knows dude i don't know man like what they suddenly put together around the champions league and lo and behold they're in another final that club is I'm, I'm, I'm essentially using the same argument that I've been hearing for years right mm. talk about now like what's happening now right you were successful then so mm. i'll use the same argument to whoever is going to listen to this who support mm. whoever this support talk about mm. now like today i'm not talk about what happened in the past what's going to happen who's doing well now right i mean it's a, it's a fair argument like it's, it's a fair argument like to like stay in the present a lot of us don't stay in the present yeah and um so it's it, it's yeah that's a fair point i think arsenal are def- the best team in the league at this point and it hurts me to say it sometimes but i have still, i've come to accept it they are very good to watch going forward and the best part is that, that they're they're a young team that has been put together by this project where everyone has moved in the same direction and um that's very rare these days unless the, like the last actually, time happened, uh, was with that yes with, i know like, exactly with, what you're going yeah. to say the allen hansen yeah. quote and then you're going to win nothing with kids oh no not even that i think the you you're going to win nothing with kids is um is um is is a wonderful quote because given <coughs> the class that broken 
and i it's too early to compare this class to that class but this uh, these but guys the common the number very common like that side was almost 24 point something mm-hmm. and asla currently 24.7 or 24.8 so it's very similar in terms of that the class of 92 and the the age group is what mm-hmm. i mean not like the kind of players but yeah and you've bought well you've bought like winners you've you've bought zinchenko who's a winner georgino multiple cup winners um, so it's you you have a young and vibrant squad uh and littered with these uh, with senior players that can help push them when when the going gets tough which is why it makes it so interesting but if the fall off happens it it could be um I don't know how does the fan base take it then like if if things go south <laughs> like he and right says just enjoy the moment you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow we're just going to enjoy the wins as they come <laughs> I don't know if that if every Arsenal fan will echo you and right sentiment because things go south all <laughs> of a sudden somebody will be like oh you might like mark mark piece for the club you just got to follow him right every time Arsenal win like it's just it's a vibe like to follow him right I love like it. It's a real Arsenal vibe. Uh, he does uh, right his house with with Musa Kwanga and um, and Ryan Han from Stadio, and it's a really fun podcast to check out. He, uh, yeah, he, he's such a he's a guy you could listen to talk about anything, and he's always so cheery and a great great guy in the in the game. But yeah, I think that's that's what we have for this week. Predictions. Yeah, let's do it. Uh let's let's quickly run through the fixtures uh the beginning with Chelsea versus Fulham. Uh who do you have winning in this? I think this ends in a draw <laughs> in spite of Chelsea's investments. I I see a a 1-1 unfolding at the bridge. Yeah, I think I'll go for a draw as well because yeah, Fulham not best of forms but I think they, they it's they should get something. You know, I'll go for a draw. No. Okay. Uh Everton Arsenal you did mention you expected Arsenal to come out of there comfortably. Uh I think they they win it but not comfortably I think Everton score one in this the new manager bounce and Sean Dyche and all that jazz. But 2-1 is what I see Arsenal coming out of Goodison Park. Yeah I'm I'm going for a 3-1. We score more mm-hmm. away we concede less away as well. I have triple Arsenal in in uh, in my FPL team so I I really Yeah, I would really get believe. some Brighton players in as well. <laughs> I do. I do. I got Solly March and he's and he's blanked fabulously since I got him. Um, yeah. <laughs> thanks Solly March. Mitoma, you got to get Mitoma San in. Yeah, I should get Mitoma San in. And I want to read this man's thesis on dribbling. I really do. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah, very curious now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure someone's going to read his thesis and do their own thesis based on that thesis. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. Mitoma 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> that that's going to be a, a fun fun uh player wherever he shows up. Uh moving on to to Villa versus Leicester. Do you know that uh, there was a player that was having a medical at Leicester. Yeah, yeah, Jack Harrison, right, right. So and then Leeds called him back and now he's being offered a new contract at the end of the season. <laughs> it's so strange. Oh. But the thing about Leeds, the biggest story is their debts have been written off by their owner, 200 million. So well, you can expect matter. them to like do something next season. Well, let's, sure. Leicester, you mean, right? Leicester. Uh, Leicester, yeah, their debts have been written off. Written off, yeah. So in the summer, I expect like they're just hanging on by their coattails at this point. 
Um, yeah, as long as they stay up, they're good. They're good. No investments. The squad looks terrible. Yuri Tillmans is going for free in the summer. They just they just need to hang in there and, and they'll be fine. But the Villa-Leicester game, I think Aston Villa win this. Unai Emery um, goal comes away with the 2-0 win. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I think Villa, Villa should get this. Mm-hmm. Moving on Unai to... Unai Emery. Brent- yeah. Brentford and Southampton. Southampton currently fighting relegation in the bottom half of the table. Uh, Brentford flying high. Ivan Tony still not banned. What is happening there? I don't know. Uh, but I think they, they win this comfortably 3-0. Brentford, that is. See, I, just, I don't know. I go for a 2-1. Oh, 2-1 Brentford. So Southampton with, with, with some fight there. Brighton, as we were talking, uh, I feel they're going to dismantle Bournemouth uh, 3-0 easily. Bournemouth um, had a bit of a, a, a renaissance for a, for a short while and then have now resorted to type. So, expect... Um, I'm going for 3-1 Brighton. Ooh, okay. I quite like De Zerbi. I, I really do. I, I'm, I'm a good. big fan of his, uh, of his game, yeah. philosophy. Uh, United Palace, I expect United to win this, uh, having given what happened in the reverse fixture and win it before it gets to the 90th minute. I think a 2-0 United yeah. win should uh, should see them through here as well. Yeah, I think United been solid at home this season, right? So I think United probably scored three, maybe. Three, three. is uh, unlikely, but let's see. <laughs> three, I, I believe. maybe 3-1. Three, uh, Wolves in Liverpool... I think this is the grudge match. I believe this is the match that Wolves win. <laughs> and they win it 2-1, two, two, given what happened to them in the cup. Uh, I'll go for a draw, actually. A draw more draw or less Liverpool. ends Liverpool's title. Uh, not title, what am I saying? Top four hopes. If the other teams win and Liverpool draw Wolves, though, then, then it's going to be a bad, bad uh, end of the season for the team. Now, but Liverpool, I, I don't know the exact record, but away from home, especially, like, not too good. I mean, overall, not too good, but yeah, getting away from home is even worse. Um, Newcastle, West Ham, moving on. Uh, Bruno Gimenez is suspended for this game. West Ham really need a win. Mm, can, and they've what? Nick Pope has conceded the, his first goal since November uh, in, in that Southampton yeah. game. I don't see West Ham getting anything here either. I think this game ends 1 0 to Newcastle. They, they scrape a 1 0 here. Go for a 2-0 Newcastle because they're at home. They're at home. The Gallagher pushing them through. Forest versus Leeds. Now, this is going to be an interesting fixture because Leeds have more or less bought the half the American national team. Um, yeah. They, they got Weston McKinney the other day and I think Eunice Musa also, they were um, looking at, but I think, don't think, I think the deal's been off. But there is discontent amongst the fan base towards uh, towards Jesse Marsh. He's he's not consistent. So the team selection is always strange. It's very hot and cold. And Forest at home are are a, an, a unit to be dealt with. So I think Forest might win this two one. Yeah, Forest have been. I mean, not everyone expected them to like go. You no know, struggle and stuff. The number of signings they made, but they do. They're getting along, mm-hmm. and right now, yeah, Leeds. It's a bit tricky. It's a bit tricky, but I think I'll go for a draw in this one as well. One one. Okay. 
It'll be yeah, it'll be a good result for both uh, for both clubs. Spurs, Man City. I'm calling this. Spurs are winning this three one. I'm going for two two, two two. Good a draw. Desmond. Entertaining draw. Uh, Desmond. I, I don't think Spurs are not going to draw this game. They're going to win or they're going to lose. <laughs> they're, they're probably going to lose, but I feel they might just win it given the sheer battering that they <laughs> received in the Etihad game. I I, I remember texting you. Yeah, I remember texting you being like, "Oh, dude, Spurs are two 0 up. You congrats on the league." <laughs> and then Pep gives them a bollocking at halftime, and Mares goes on like a man possessed. Yeah, two two. I, I think Spurs can get something at home. Hmm, okay, a testament there. Uh, United Leeds. This is a fixture that I think this is the first time United play Leeds uh, in five days. They play them on Thursday. And I think they play them on Sunday again. Yeah, it's similar to City Spurs playing again, very yeah. close to each other. This is a, this is a rearranged fixture. United should beat Leeds, but it's a derby, and it's a derby where uh, the manager is probably going to be a little more uh, aware of being caught in transition. Uh, so I don't think it'll be as high scoring as it usually is. But I believe United will win this game three one. Might have shot. Myself you think United going to score three against Leeds, but not against Palace? Palace are defensively more resolute than Leeds, is what I I would believe. I don't know. I, I think two. I said two one against Leeds. Much tighter oh, game. It's going to be a tighter, like a like like a War of the Roses kind of situation. Because the, he'll he'll have an eye uh, on the next game. Uh, yeah, which is it's like it's almost like the first leg and the second leg, right? <laughs> Taking yeah. Four days. But yeah, that's the that's these fixtures. Uh, and it is the end of the episode, just under an hour. Lovely, as per usual. Uh, okay, thank you for listening in. We'll be back again next week. I promise we'll be back again next week on a Wednesday. Uh, I will be traveling on the Thursday, so I, I know my I know my dates. So yep, we we'll see you then. And hopefully uh, your team wins this weekend. And no, actually no. Hopefully our teams win this weekend, and hopefully your team loses. Unless it's our teams. <laughs> Hopefully, it's a good one. An entertaining weekend for everyone. And yeah, it kickstarts off with, uh, with with Chelsea and Fulham. And if Chelsea lose that game, oh goodness, they better strap it. It's going to be a long, long weekend for them. Yep, uh, I'm going to probably catch that game. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's it. Uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. Yep. And see you.